Welcome to the 113th episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford. Stay tuned for my interview with William Kent Kruger, New York Times bestselling author of the Cork O'Connor Mystery Series. Kruger's latest novel, Ordinary Grace, in bookstores now and on bestseller list, is a coming-of-age thriller novel. Stay tuned for the interview. Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is William Kent Kruger. Kent is the author of the New York Times bestselling Cork O'Connor Mystery Series. However, Kent's latest book, Ordinary Grace, is a standalone novel that has just been published. Kent, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Jeff. It's a pleasure to be here. Sure. Well, as we get started, I wonder if you could read the prologue of your new novel, Ordinary Grace. Absolutely. I love this opening. This is the way I bring readers into ordinary grace. All the dying that summer began with the death of a child, a boy with golden hair and thick glasses, killed on the railroad tracks outside New Bremen, Minnesota, sliced into pieces by a thousand tons of steel speeding across the prairie toward South Dakota. His name was Bobby Cole. He was a sweet-looking kid, And by that, I mean he had eyes that seemed full of dreaming, and he wore a half-smile as if he was just about to understand something you'd spent an hour trying to explain to him. I should have known him better, been a better friend. He lived not far from my house, and we were the same age. But he was two years behind me in school, and might have been held back even more, except for the kindness of certain teachers. He was a small kid, a simple child, no match at all for the diesel-fed drive of a Union Pacific locomotive. It was a summer in which death and visitation assumed many forms. Accident, nature, suicide, murder. You might think I remember that summer as tragic, and I do, but not completely so. My father used to quote the Greek playwright Aeschylus, he who learns must suffer. And even in our sleep, pain which cannot forget falls drop by drop upon the heart until, in our own despair, against our will, comes wisdom through the awful grace of God. In the end, maybe that's what the summer was about. I was no older than Bobby and didn't understand such things then. I've come four decades since, but I'm not sure that even now I fully understand. I still spend a lot of time thinking about the events of that summer, about the terrible price of wisdom, the awful grace of God. Great. Well, thanks for reading that. Um, that's a very powerful opening and prologue. And as I said at the outside, at the outset, ordinary grace is the, is a departure from your Cork O'Connor mysteries. Can you describe ordinary grace for those listeners who haven't heard about the novel yet? Sure. Briefly, this is uh, this is the skinny. Um, Ordinary Grace takes place in the summer of 1961. It's set in a small town deep in the very beautiful Minnesota River Valley. It's the story of a Methodist minister whose beloved child is murdered. But the real heart of the story is the question of how that terrible tragedy affects this man's faith, his family, and ultimately the entire fabric of the small town in which he he lives. 
That's ordinary grace in a nutshell. <laughs> Great. Well, do you remember since since this isn't you know a typical Cork O'Connor mystery? Do you remember what gave you the original idea or, idea or inspiration for Ordinary Grace? Yeah, you know, I began act, the actual writing of Ordinary Grace uh, a little over five years ago. And before that, I'd been thinking about um, a novel that might allow me to do a couple of things. Um, I wanted to evoke that time in my own life when I was 12 or 13 years old. Um, I don't know how it is for women, but for men, that's a particularly poignant period in our lives. It's a threshold for us. We stand there with one foot still in childhood and the other foot kind of poised to step into manhood, but we're not quite there yet. And so for me, um, the summer that I was 13 years old was uh, just a phenomenal summer, and I remember it very well. I remember so many of the details. So sort of selfishly and nostalgically, I wanted to evoke that time. The other thing I wanted to do was to speak a little more um, at a little more length and a little more deeply about another issue that uh, that's always been with me and, and really a part of the Cork O'Connor series for anyone who knows the series. And that's the whole question of the spiritual journey. And when I finally um, was able to visualize the narrator, Frank Drum, this 13-year-old kid, and the situation of his family and the town itself, the whole story just fell into place for me. And, uh, and the writing then from that point forward was really um, quite simple, actually. It was one of the most pleasurable pieces of writing I've ever been involved in. That's great. Well, well, given that the as you just described the the setting, the time period, and backdrop of the novel came so directly from your own life as a thirteen year old boy, was it was it different for you writing Ordinary Grace than some of your other novels? Oh, absolutely. The Cork O'Connor novels are at heart mysteries, and the mystery is a very taut construction. Everything has to, um, everything depends on everything else, and uh, and every scene in the story really has to somehow move the narrative forward and point directly toward uh, the heart of the mystery, which typically is who did something and why they did it. Ordinary Grace was really different for me in that it was a very relaxed form of storytelling. Um, I, I let the characters unfold first. Really, I introduced, take a long time to introduce the readers to the Drum family and uh, the town of New Bremen and the whole situation there, that, uh, that p- particular period in time, like the summer of 1961, the things that were going on. I really wanted the reader to feel like they were there, like they were listening to somebody tell them this story, somebody who'd been there tell them this story. And, uh, and then about halfway through the novel, the, the, uh, the death that is really at the heart of the story takes place. Very different from a mystery where pretty much typically the murder or whatever happens has to come very close to the beginning of the story. Sure, sure. Well, well now that you've written Ordinary Grace, and, and I know you're about to go on a pretty extensive uh, book tour in, in support of the novel. Do do you have ideas for other standalone novels that you that you think about writing? Oh, absolutely. I'm in fact currently at work on what I think of as a sister novel to Ordinary Grace. Sister in that it also takes place in southern Minnesota. The Cork O'Connor series is set pretty much entirely in northern Minnesota, the Great North Woods. Um, so I'm taking the reader back to southern Minnesota, where Ordinary Grace takes place. 
to a town called Jewel, and uh, and the novel is called This Tender Land, This Tender Land. And it's really the story of the people of southern Minnesota, how the land shapes them and how they shape the land, and um, and the extent that people go to to hold on to those things that are of value to them, um, the things they're willing to die for and the things they're willing to kill for. Great. Well, well are you also working or thinking about another Cork O'Connor novel? Well, I have one already finished, and it's uh, due for publication in August. It's called Tamarack County, and I think it's pretty good. I'm really happy with it as a, as a part of the series. Um, we just negotiated a contract with my publisher that includes this tender land and two more Cork O'Connor novels. I'm currently plotting out the first of the Cork O'Connor novels for that contract. It's a novel that I believe will be titled Wendigo Island, and, um, and it will deal uh, significantly with the sex trafficking of vulnerable native women in Minnesota. That sounds interesting. So, so I'm curious about your own, own uh, path to publication originally with that first Cork O'Connor novel. Had you, uh, prior to um, having that book accepted for publication and writing it, had you written before? What, what, was your, what was your interest in writing? Have you always been writing You know, when you were younger? What was that process like for you? Yeah, I've always written. I had parents, Jeff, who uh, who read to me from a very early age. When I was a kid, I never went to bed at night. I never went down for a nap without a story being read to me. So I grew up thinking of the world in terms of stories. And for whatever reason, I always wanted to be one of the storytellers. So I've always written. Uh, it took me a very long time. It was a very long apprenticeship, really. <laughs> it took me a long time. Before anybody would actually uh, uh, buy one of my uh, one of my manuscripts, I wrote a manuscript for another novel before uh, Iron Lake, which was the first in the Corporal Connor series. It was a manuscript called the, De- the Let's see, the Demon Hunter, the Demon Hunter, and it was uh, pretty much about the ultimate battle between good and evil, fought. I kid you not. In the cornfields of Nebraska, <laughs> I uh, I sent that uh, manuscript to an agent in New York City who had indicated an interest in it, and she wrote me back a letter, uh, basically saying it was about the worst piece of fiction she'd ever read. <laughs> and you know she was right; it was an awful piece. Um, but I was kind of devastated as a result of that whole that whole situation, and for almost two years I didn't write a word. Um, then I, uh, I decided I was going to try my hand at mysteries and ordinary grace, or I'm sorry, um, Iron Lake was the result. That's great. And, and so your, your apprenticeship, were you, were you writing short stories as well as, as trying your hand at novels? Yeah, I tried my hand first at uh, freelance journalism and ac- absolutely hated that. I uh, hated the way the editing process took place. Um, I've always written short stories, and prior to Iron Lake, I'd, I'd had a number of those published, um, won a few awards with them, that kind of a thing. But Iron Lake then was the first long piece that I that I had published. Gotcha. Um, and given your success now with, with your Cork O'Connor uh, series and, and now uh, Ordinary Grace, um, what what advice would you have for someone who's an aspiring writer and 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 would like to have their own um, fiction published? Well, when I when I teach writing, uh, this is the first thing I tell my students when they come into the class. If you're here, 
um, hoping to get rich and famous <laughs> from, <laughs> from your writing, you're, you're probably going to be disappointed. But if you're here because writing is what you love to do, because it's the passion of your heart, then I can almost guarantee an, an entirely different experience. Um, because in the end, if you are, if you're following your heart's journey, it's not really going to matter whether you've become rich and famous because what you've spent your life doing is what you love doing. And, and what could be better than that? Now that said, everybody hopes that at the end of the journey is, is publication. Um, and the only advice I can give to, to aspiring writers is simply this, be persistent. Uh, don't let rejection when it comes and it will come. Don't let it throw you. Um, just hang in there. And, uh, and if you believe in yourself enough and you believe that what you're writing is the best writing you can do, I believe good things are going to happen. That's great. Well, well, going back to Ordinary Grace for a moment, um, obviously, as we, dis as we discussed, this is you know, somewhat of a, a poignant kind of coming-of-age story. Given that you are a, 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 a big reader and voracious reader yourself, I, I, I'm curious if there are other coming-of-age novels that, that, um, that you have loved over the years and, and that you, know, you go back to or that, that, that still kind of come up in your mind as being great, great stories or great novels. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the first one that comes to mind, of course, for everybody, is To Kill a Mockingbird. It's probably my favorite American novel, so beautifully written. And the, the narrative voice, the voice of, uh, of Jim is, um, uh, or Scout is, uh, it's just a beautiful, marvelous narrative voice. Um, you know, I also am very fond of Stephen King's novella, The Body, that, uh, that the movie Stand By Me was based on. It's such a true-to-life account of what it was like to be, you know, 12 years old uh, for Stephen King, I'm sure. Uh, periodically, I'll go back and I reread Catcher in the Rye. Um, so several, several of the coming-of-age novels are big on my list. Sure. And, and you mentioned earlier that, that you personally kind of uh, really vividly remember your, your, um, uh, when you were 13 years old and that summer when you were 13 years old. I'm just curious, uh, were you keeping any, any kind of journal or diary at that time in your life, or is it just a strong uh, memory for you? Yeah, you know, I think that's one of the reasons I, I'm a writer is, is that um, I remember a lot and I remember pretty vividly and what I don't remember I'm able to imagine <laughs> quite well uh, so yeah I used a lot of specific memories uh, of that period of my in my life and I also imagine uh, a great deal gotcha um, so where can people find you online if they're interested in learning more about you and, and ordinary grace and your Cork O'Connor novels well, I'm, uh, I have a website, doesn't every author. My website is www.williamkentkruger.com. Not hard to remember. Uh, I also have an author page on Facebook. Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter. So I'm kind of all over the place. Great. And I'll have links to, to his website in the show notes as well, so you can check that out. Um, that's all the, the questions that I had. Did you have anything that we didn't cover that you would want to mention? No, you did a great job, Jeff. Thank you very much. 
Thank you. Well, again, we've been speaking with William Kent Kruger. His new novel, this coming-of-age novel that we've been discussing, Ordinary Grace, is available in bookstores now, so definitely check it out. And Kent, thanks for doing the interview. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Thanks. Good luck on your book tour. Thanks very much. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.